to Om, uh, your your obedience to the Holy Spirit and giving, and it's just, it's miraculous. It really is miraculous. And if you think, well, I don't know, does God do miracles today? Just look around. He's doing a miracle in our midst. He really is. So uh, I want to, uh, just two things here, think, um, uh, first of all, all those who have given to the banquet, uh, there's maybe a table or two left. You've been super abundant as a church and even those from outside the church. And, and that'll be this um, Wednesday night that we have the banquet and we're uh, over 100, about 115 showing up. And then we have 20 or 30 walk-ins. So it's going to be a huge banquet. We're so excited about that. Thank you for your giving. Those who helped with cleanup on Saturday. Saturday was like a beautiful day. And it's hunting and I get all that, but... The six of you that showed up, will you please stand if you're in here, please? Um, they need to be thanked. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, got a lot done. Uh, uh, was, uh, uh, it's really taken shape out there. And continue to pray for the doors and the windows. I'm told they're off the cargo ships and they're on the way, okay? But I heard that for six weeks, so uh, we need the building locked up, amen? We need that locked up, so uh, thank you for your continued prayer on that. And um, uh, the second thing is, is I'm going to start a new series here, as you can see, and I'm going to pray uh, uh, right now, and I think our time somehow got, uh, we need to set that clock back, I think. Uh, <clears throat> people get nervous. But our, our time uh, uh, um, with the last series uh, that we did, the four cups, and then the message last week, and I don't know how long I'll be in this, but I've been really stirred for our nation. And uh, let me just say this. I'm going to ask Mira Lee. I've asked Mira Lee to come up and pray. Mira Lee is uh, uh, really, where is, did Mira Lee leave? Right there's Mira Lee. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. It just has a real heart. For our nation, as most all of you, I believe all of you do, and and uh, I'm going to pray here in in a moment. That's on, but uh, just to pray for our country, and uh, 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 as as we share about uh, this message and this series, uh, that we really need to uh, uh, be awakened in this season and vigilant in this season. So, thank you, Mary for praying. Father God, in Jesus' name, we humble ourselves before you. We thank you for the freedoms that we have in this nation right now. Mm -hmm. We thank you for the men and women who died to give us those freedoms since the inception of our nation. We know that you have a special plan and a purpose for this nation. And Father God, we just give you praise and glory and honor that you show us what our part is in this so that we can continue to say we are proud to be Americans because at least we know we're free. And Father God, we just humble ourselves and... Um, You've said in this in the in Chronicles, First Chronicles seven fourteen, if we humble ourselves and we pray and we seek your face and we turn from our wicked ways, then will you hear from heaven, forgive our sin and heal our land. We're asking this in the mighty and strong and powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Mary. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Turn in your Bibles, if you would, to uh, Psalms thirty three twelve. Psalms 33:12. It's going to be one of my foundation texts, um, and we're going to talk about blessed is the nation. Blessed is the nation. Communion at the end of the service. Everyone's welcome to participate in communion. You don't have to be a member of the church, but just a believer, and we'll take care of that at the end of the service. And 
<clears throat> so blessed is the nation. And let me just say this. This series is not a, a, a rant against what's going on out there. I will address some things I feel led. Uh, and I want us as a church not to be known what we're against, but what we're for. Okay? A lot of times churches are known what they're against. Well, we know you're against this. You're against, oh, you know. And then, you know, beat up sinners know they're sinners, right? How many know sinners are supposed to sin? That's just some of you just woke up right there. I mean, why should you as a Christian be mad at sinners sinning? Right? That's what they do. They're not, they're not regenerated. They, they don't have, a, they don't have a, a nature, the nature of God in their spirit, man or woman. All right? It's the thing that's when it's, it's Christians that sin. <laughs> that's what really gets under it. But, but we shouldn't be upset about that. And anyhow, I'm diverting. But blessed is the nation, Psalm 33, 12. We welcome all of those online and those who have tuned in and uh, across the country here and, and, and those even internationally and those are watching in from Sri Lanka, God bless you. We pray for you. God's continue uh, strength over you all uh, as you minister, minister there in that nation and, and turn your nation to God. Uh, the verse in Psalm 33, 12, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he chose for his inheritance. What a beautiful verse. Uh, other translations say it this way. What joy for the nation. How many of you know nations need joy? And the joy, the happiness comes and goes, Right? But joy is something that even in the midst of unhappy situations, you can still have a sustaining joy, right? But happy is the nation. There even in one translation says to be happy. God's not against happy people. <laughs> Actually, Christians should be joyful and happy people, even in difficult circumstances. Mm. The Lord blesses each nation that worships him only. Another verse says, uh, translation, he shows that all our happiness stands in that the Lord is our God. So our blessing, our happiness, and our joys because of God being first in that nation. Wow. And then Psalms 11.3, another uh, uh, verse. <clears throat> Can you see that all right? Is that? Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Psalms 11.3, if the foundations of a godly society are destroyed, what can the righteous do? Think about that and ponder. A French philosopher Alex D. Tocqueville, I think if I said it right, said this, democracy in America, he said, nothing is more wonderful than the art of being free. But nothing is harder to learn how to use than freedom. Hmm. So here's a question I want to pose. I'm not going to answer it totally here today, but I, I, there is one direction I want to go. This is not going to be a three-point sermon, and I'm going to just throw out some stuff that's been on my heart. Uh, but uh, I'm going to land somewhere that I really feel why in the season we're at, that God is what he's doing in and through harvest and why we're about what we're doing in this time frame. So how many with me say amen? amen. Have you ever asked this, why hasn't the judgment hand of God fallen on America? I love America, okay? I love the Lord more than I love America, amen? And, uh, but, but I love America. It, it is the greatest nation on, in all the earth, that, that it really is. And there are amazing countries, and I've traveled to most all of these nations, and, but there's nothing like America. You know, I remember coming back from the Soviet Union when uh, uh, communism collapsed back in the early, late 90s, or, or, or late uh, 80s, or early 90s, and uh, were, was in the Soviet Union with Pastor Steve Kornemone, and this was uh, 94, and it was one of the roughest trips I've ever had in my life. 
it, there was no water for four days. They couldn't shower. You know, that's rough on me. I mean, like every day. I mean, it was just, I had to boil water and, and food was scarce. You couldn't drink the water there. And we preached hundreds and thousands really came out to the services that we held back then. And people were hungry for the Lord. And the moment we came into Minneapolis, <laughs> and we landed, the pastor was with me, he goes, I almost feel like I need to get on my knees and raise my hands and say, thank God for America. Because when we got to the customs agent, he looked at us, he says, where you guys been? And we looked haggard, and <laughs> he goes, we've been in Russia, we've been in Ukraine, and he stamped, he goes, welcome to America. <laughs> he smiled and went, thank you, Jesus, can I have a coffee? <laughs> you know, with heavy cream, amen. Glory to God. And, and so thank God for America. But I wondered, I pondered, why, haven't, why hasn't the hand of God fallen on America yet? In ways we've seen things as judgment. And if you consider the chaos, the evil, the abortions, the anti-God attitude that has enveloped the United States in recent years. I mean, we live in a different America. Come on, those of you who are 50, 60, 70 years old. I remember growing up in neighborhoods, we were kind of like the little rascals. How many of you remember the little rascals? Well, hang out. It didn't matter if you were black, if you were white, if you were Chinese. Those are your friends. Hey, we're going to hang out with some. We played with everybody. And we hang out with everybody. We ate at everybody's table. Okay? It's a different America. So much division and device. This is the spawn of Satan, what he is doing. And it's almost like, and I, I, I really, I take, I take responsibility of myself. It's my frustration. We've kind of been asleep. And we've let the universities teach what they taught. And we spawned a whole generation that doesn't have a concept or a mindset of the things of God. But we're turning it around. It's going to turn around in the name of Jesus. I believe that. Turn it around. But it's not going to be easy. It's a battle. It's a battle. And so, so you know, this, this God, this, the anti-God attitude that's enveloped the United States in, in these recent years. And here, I believe in a real sense that we are a firewall against global tyranny. America. Our military is a firewall against tyranny. You better believe that. That's the fact. You say, what do you mean, Pastor Mike? If we cease to be strong, if we cease to be the America we were at first, the whole world will suffer. <clears throat> you say, that's pretty bold, Pastor Mike. You better believe it. That's the fact. And if for no other reason than that, we must care about America. Matthew 5.13. Matthew 5.13. Uh, the Bible says, Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. Oh, Pastor Mike, he's talking about the believers at that time. Yes, I, I get that. But you know what? America has a high calling when it's formation. It started. It really does. Lord willing, we'll get into some of that. You are the salt of the earth, but the salt has lost its taste or its purpose. Watch this. How can it be made salty? It's no longer good for anything but to be thrown out, walked on by people, and the walkways are wet and slippery. And so... So the question is, will we here in America remember our calling as a world leader, as protector, uh, a, a, a refuge for the persecuted, or will we reject that calling in favor of wickedness, lawlessness, socialism, and Marxism that has penetrated our, our, our world? It, it has penetrated America. It isn't that it's coming. It is here. Okay, I'm not trying to be an alarmist today, but I'm just telling you the truth that really most all of you, you know. You know, if you think about it, about 1,000 miles from here, 1,000 miles, and I Googled it, I know. <clears throat> In Calgary, Alberta, Canada, <clears throat> two pastors were sent to prison this past summer. 16-hour drive. 
That's all. From here, from Alex, 16-hour drive. You can jump in your car <clears throat> in, in Canada. And, and because why? Of the draconian, the whole COVID mandates while all the big box stores are open and you could go shopping, you could do all that, but churches needed to be closed. And James Coates, a pastor of Grace Life Church in Alberta, and Pastor Tim Steffens. Tim was jailed, watch this, just a thousand miles away from here because he held an outdoor worship service. Okay, outdoor worship service this past summer. He spent 17 nights and 18 days behind bars. A pastor preaching the gospel, wanting to preach, wanting to meet outdoors. And, and when he got in, and he writes, when he got into jail, and they just shoved him in kind of the worst cell with a bunch of other, you know, in, you know, criminals, whatever. They loved him. They're like, hey, we're with you, man. And he had an instant prison ministry. They asked for prayer for him. He began to minister to them. They stood with him. Just think about that. <clears throat> he goes, man, I ministered to all of them. And then when they left, they cheered. They clap when he left, when he walked out like a hero. <laughs> People are looking for leaders to stand up, to say, no, we're not going to do this. We're not going to bow to this lie. We're not going to bow to this oppression in Jesus' name. Amen. But the United States, I believe, represents the only reason that red communist China does not exercise its full authority to destroy the nations. You say, whoa, 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 Pastor Mike, what are you talking about? It is the only reason, the United States, that... <laughs> that China doesn't move down and squash Australia. It's the only reason, uh, it, it already has its claws in Sri Lanka. Now, that is one nation we know about. Right there, you can see the lion up there, that yellow and, and, and green and, and red flag. We've been there, probably my wife and I, taken teams 15 times plus or whatever over the last 20 years to that nation. We were there in 1994 when all these red communist China flags were there with the Sri Lankan flag, and we're driving down one of the main roads that the Chinese built, and I'm thinking, why are all these flags? They said, the president is here, and he's going to invest in our country. <clears throat> Maybe you could pull this up, this one, World Politics Review. Uh, April 22nd, 2021. Now, where the top part you can see is, 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 is in Colombo Bay. That's the city, Colombo. And the Chinese have gone in, and they have created a harbor, a port, just dumping sand and stone and concrete and mixing it, and that's where it's going to turn into, right there. That's what they did. They come in, and they've invested over a billion dollars. Let me just read. China has undertaken countless infrastructure projects across the globe as part of its Belt and Road Initiative. But the plan to transform the iconic waterfront of Colombo, the Sri Lankan capital, was so consequential, so massive, that the Chinese president, Xi Jinping, personally attended the 2014 launch. We were there when he was there at that time. From the start, the plan sparked fierce public protest, but it moved forward still. Mm. Now the 1.4 billion Colombo port city development has run into legal headwinds. Once again, making Sri Lanka one of the principal case studies of China's effort to gain a strategic foothold in developing countries across, across the globe. Friends, make no mistake about it. China is after world dominion. They're doing it in the, the Sperry, uh, the islands there. They've already got bases there, building up sand. and they're, 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 that's, it's, it's demonic. It's evil. So we need to understand as the church of the living God, how many still with me say amen, that Satan wants America out of the way. That you got to look, that's how you have to think. Wait a minute, what, what, what's how? Well, we'll just accept everything. No, Satan wants America out of the way. Why? It's because he wants to implement his one world antichrist system. 
And, and, and I still believe, I believe that we are a firewall against his plan as long as we are free as a country and stay that way. The Bible says in Jeremiah 26.3, Jeremiah 26.3, go and tell the people that they have sinned and that Babylon will take them into bondage. Now watch this. And in the end of it, uh, of it he, he said, perhaps they will listen and I will be able to delay judgment on them. I want you to, that's pretty, that's pretty deep right there. That's pretty insightful. What are you trying to say, Pastor Mike? Uh, uh, that, that each of them, one translation says, will turn from their evil ways. Why? In other words, God is saying in this verse, which is very uh, reflective, I think, even of today, God will change his mind. He will relent and reverse judgment if people repent. So these people walk around and say, America's doomed, America's doomed. No, it's not it can be turned around if people rise up. And I think that's what's happening, praise God. <clears throat> now, when you study eschatology, you don't hear me preach a lot on that because I've studied it and there's confusing things in so many different pre-trib, post-trib, armillennialist, millennial. You know, I, there's a lot that's out there and you, you can kind of embrace what you want. I kind of look at it this way. We need to occupy, we need to be ready, okay? And so if the rapture happens in my life, great. If it doesn't, I'm going to occupy and be ready so my children can be ready and your children can be ready. Amen? I don't have an escapism mindset. I don't think any moment it's all going to hit the fan. Even if it does hit the fan, I'm going to be fighting to clean the fan. Amen? I'm going to be straightening that fan out, making that fan work good. Amen? I don't know why I said that, but I just did. <laughs> I'm just stirred up. You know, and if you read the book of Revelation in light of what's happening in the earth today, it's not hard to see that bad things are coming for the wicked. Just thought I'd throw that out there. For the wicked, bad things are coming. But I also know that repentance and revival will stay the hand of God. I'm going somewhere with this. And that's why as God's church, we must continue in this hour to pray for America, to stand up for America like never before and return to the Lord. Can you say amen? You know, Benjamin Franklin, he makes this statement. He says, those who would give up essential liberty to purchase a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. Mm-hmm. Now, what does this remind me of? In the Old Testament, it reminds me of King Hezekiah. And I've actually walked through Hezekiah's tunnel in Jerusalem, and I was a little panicky. I'm a little claustrophobic. I don't like tight spaces, but it's uh, a thousand feet or whatever, how many meters it is, and you walk through, it's dark, you have a light, and, and they hewed that out of uh, uh, this by hand so they could get an aqueduct water in. It's Hezekiah's tunnel, and Hezekiah did all these great things, but then judgment came upon what he did in his disobedience, and the Bible says that Isaiah came and, and spoke judgment to him in 2 Kings 20, 19, and the Bible says this, the word of the Lord you have spoken is good. So Hezekiah replied, and he thought, for uh, will there not be peace and security in my lifetime? In other words, if you could say the 2021 20, interpretation of 2 Kings is this, who cares? As long as things go well for me, that's all that matters. We cannot think that way. We cannot think that way about America in the season that we are in right now. We're not in the 1970s anymore. We're not in the 1990s. Come on, we're not in Y2K, 2000. We are now today in this day, and we need to think differently. We can't just think, oh, well, as long as we're okay. Our 401k, come on, somebody is good. And, and you, know, we're, you know, stock market's still up, so we don't care. No, we need to care for our nation. Can I get an Amen. See, see, Hezekiah, he passed the test of adversity, but he failed the test of prosperity. What do you mean, Pastor Mike? You know what? 
That's where we're at, I believe, in a large sense in America. We get these supply chain disasters and nobody can seem to understand and people, people in leadership can't even explain about why we have a supply chain. Uh, but but, but we have all these issues here in America. And, and, and so the question that comes is this, you ready? Uh, do we only serve the Lord because of his blessings and the good things he give us? Oh boy, it got off a choir. The amen just dropped right down. And we, we thank God for his blessings, right? But we may be in a season right now that we may not get all our Christmas gifts. But it doesn't matter because Jesus Christ is still Lord. Amen. And, and, and you know what? We'll make something. We'll draw something for the kids. Amen. That, that's kind of, we have to think, wait a minute. You know, we've been blessed and blessed and blessed. But you know what? It may be a time where we may not get some things right now, but we still stand strong. We still stand on the word of God. We thank God for his goodness. And even in that, he's still good. Oh, man, I'm preaching better than you're responding. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yo, from the beginning, so let me just say this. I haven't given up on America. No, 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 no. I don't believe God has either, and I do believe that he is, a, he is restoring our nation. There is a, there is a, there is a, a, an uprising in a righteous sense that is saying, no, this is enough. You know, all this critical race theory, all this racism and all this hate that is out there. Parents are saying, nope, we're not doing it. We're not doing it. And, and, and you know what? More has to stand up. More has to stand up. And so, so I do believe God is, that he is restoring. He is restoring and he is shaking people. But here's the thing. He is shaking not just the religious, the unreligious. He is shaking them to awaken them. And they're going, what is going on here? Uh, but I need, I need God. I need God. Uh, I have this uh, slide from our beginning. America has been blessed for three reasons. Three reasons to preach the gospel. Someone say amen to them. As the Pilgrim's Covenant with God. The Mayflower Conflict, a compact, all right? The, the Mayflower Compact. William Bradford, I grew up in that area in Cape Cod. And so I, uh, there's a Massasoit College in Brockton. There's the Hockamock Swamp. That's a scary place. People go at night. You know, I grew up in that area and heard about all this. We'd go down to Plymouth and see the landing, and there's a replica of the Mayflower there, and that's kind of grew up. If you like lobster, that's the place to go. I mean, they have the best seafood, and I don't like seafood. But, uh, uh, you know, the, the pilgrims, they covenant with God. And in that Mayflower compact, it actually says to preach the gospel. It says it in there. We'd talk more about that. To stand with Israel. To stand with Israel. You know, there are some pastors that are just indifferent about Israel, whatever. I have a heart and a love for Israel. I still believe God still has a purpose and plan for Israel. I do believe that. And I believe God cares about the apple of his eye. Amen? And to care for impoverished nations and people. And God does care. God does care about others in America. From the beginning, he's been blessed because of that. You know, Matthew 25, 40 uh, talks about standing with Israel. Jesus said, and as much as you did it to one of the least of these, and then he says, my brethren. Somebody shout, my brethren. That's Israel. My brethren. He's just talking about Israel. You did it to me. In other words, how you treat Israel, I'll watch. Okay, I'll look at that. That matters. That matters to me. And he said, standing with Israel, uh, those uh, nations that turned against Israel, you see collapse with Britain and a lot of areas, that being overrun, being overrun by, by, by uh, enemies on, on all sides. And they're in, I believe even those that stand with Israel during the tribulation time, they're going to be rewarded. Here's the thing. If any sense we care about the rest of the world, we must first keep this republic. So, all right, what do you mean, Pastor Mike? Well, 
Let me slow it down a little bit. Dr. James McHenry, he was a Scottish, Irish, American military surgeon. Uh, he was a statesman and founding father of the U.S. Constitution. He was a signer of the U.S. Constitution. He was from Maryland. He was a 34-year-old delegate, and he was present at that, uh, uh, the, you know, the signing of our Constitution on September 17th, 1787, uh, that 4,200-word document. There's an exchange that took place that we would not know about it unless he penned this today. And that exchange was that he witnessed a historic event. There was a woman named Mrs. Powell, and we can gather and deduct that she knew Benjamin Franklin, who was known as the sage as the Constitution at that time. He was 81 years old, brilliant man. And uh, <clears throat> she was from Philadelphia, and, and so whatever you could argue and how she knew him or whatever, uh, but according to McHenry, after Franklin signed at the convention and he left and he walked out and he was coming down uh, the steps, Mrs. Powell, uh, she kind of ran up to him and shouted out at him that, that according to McHenry, he heard what she asked. And he puts, she puts this question to Franklin directly. She says, well, doctor, she asked him, what have we got, a republic or a monarchy? Well, Franklin, who was really short for words or wit, shot back. He said, a republic, madam, if you can keep it. That's the part I want you to see. It's a republic if you can keep it. And listen, we have been charged with keeping the republic. That is a promise that continues on. We wouldn't have that if he didn't overhear that. I mean, God knew we needed to hear that <laughs> 240 something years later. <clears throat> a republic, countable, that's governed by elected representatives and by an elected leader, a president, not a monarchy, a, a republic. Our constitution is a promise. It's a promise, a promise that can be broken or be kept by the people to whom it was entrusted to. In other words, it could say it this way, the Constitution is a promise that is being fulfilled and we must continue to fulfill that in this hour. So even in our fallen, backsliding, immoral state, I believe America still stands as a firewall against tyranny. I, you know, it's, it is not... A pinnacle of what, you know, everything that is right. But as a firewall, the United States stands against demonic plans. Why? Because Satan, I believe, he looks at America and he says, you know what, I can't do what I want in bringing the Antichrist, the, the, you know, the false prophet, the beast, world domination. As long as America freedom exists, I can't do that because we will stop them in their tracks, at least at this point, at least at this point. And then when we pray, that essential knowledge must be in our minds. Can you say amen? So, so why hasn't God judged America already? And this is going to lead into my conclusion here in a moment, and we'll receive communion. Genesis 6. I don't have these verses in here for you, but could you just listen for a moment? The Bible says in Genesis 6, the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great. The wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent and thought of his heart was only evil continually. Genesis 6, 5. Yet, watch this, God waited 120 years. Genesis 6, 3, before he punished sin-filled man with a flood. Why? Genesis 15, God foretold of the time when the inhabitants of the Palestine would be judged by God and the descendants of Abraham would take possession of their great land. Genesis 15, yet God waited 400 years before he punished that pagan land because the Bible says in Genesis 15, 16, the iniquity of the Amorites was not yet complete. Why did God wait for? hundred years. You know, this verse in First Peter, it talks about 
the long-suffering of God waited on these occasions and actually addresses some of this. 1 Peter 3.20, 1 Peter 3.20, Bible says, they are like those who disobeyed long ago in the days of Noah when God waited patiently. Say that with me, say God waited patiently. What does that mean? While Noah built a ship, in this ship a few people ate were saved by water. Why? Why? What is the answer to that? Why does God wait? Why does he prolong? Why doesn't he just deal with issues right away? Well, for one thing, I'm glad he doesn't judge my sin right away. Uh, uh, come on, now, don't get religious on me here. <laughs> yeah, right? Some of you came in this morning like with low heads, but God's lifting you high, amen? Because his grace is there and his forgiveness is there. But, but I believe this right here, 2 Peter 3.15, because the long-suffering of our Lord God is what? Salvation. Now watch this, watch this. And consider the patience of our Lord, 2 Peter 3.15. His delay in judging and avenging wrongs as salvation. I want you to soak that in. That is what? Allowing time for more to be saved. Do you see that? Allowing time for more to be saved, just as our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you according to wisdom given to him by God. What a lesson. What a truth. What a prophetic word of why we haven't seen Really, what's impending? God is, what, what is God waiting for today? God is waiting, watch this, for his church to rise up. Come on, somebody. That, that they would proclaim the truth and that lost souls would continue to be saved. God loves people. He's looking for a bride and he doesn't want to lose one member, one bride member, amen? And, and our job is to, to help him with the bride, amen? We are part of the bride of Christ. How many see that say Amen. Souls will be saved, your soul, my soul, the world. God cares about the lost. He's long-suffering. First <clears throat> uh, Kings 18.30, you can pull up this slide, and I'll kind of conclude this with our communion. First <clears throat> Kings 18.30, the Bible says this, then Elijah said to all the people, come near me. So all the people approached him, and he has all the false prophets there, and they were trying to bring down bales, trying to bring down uh, fire to consume the, the offering, and they couldn't do it. And, and uh, he pours water on it, and there's all these there's messages and all that. But, but there's one thing I want you to see, and this is why what Church for the Harvest is about. I felt the Lord said, tell them, this is, this, is, this is your purpose in this season. Every single one of you here. This is your purpose. You'll be part of harvest. And the Lord said this, and he said, then Elijah said to the people, come near to me. So all the people approached him after they're bloodied and cut and they're worshiping their false god. And the next thing he said this, he didn't say, I ju pronounce judgment on you. I call down fire upon you, you wicked prophets. No, he repaired and rebuilt the altar of the Lord. That's what God is after in this season, to repair and rebuild the altar of the Lord. Wow, that was torn down by Jezebel, the witch, all right? That Jezebel, <laughs> <laughs> torn down. See, see, what are you trying to say? Before the judgment and fire of God comes, and, 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 and God is a just God, and I don't want to be anywhere near when his judgment falls. I'm just telling you, because it's severe, okay? People cry out, scream, it's severe, but he cares about lost people. He cares about so he cares about your uncle that isn't saved. He cares about that alcoholic husband or that crazy wife that's just into drugs. Or he cares about people that are indifferent to him, that are in the bars, that all they do is go to sporting events and they hang out and they don't they don't ever pick up a Bible. They don't ever worship. They don't ever no. he cares about people. He cares about you. 
Wow. But notice, before judgment and fire came down from heaven and consumed the offering and the prophets of Baal were slain, Elijah first restores the altar of the Lord because it was torn down from the last generation. A whole generation has slipped out right up from underneath us. A whole generation has come in and thinks, what, how do you, who taught you that? Wait a minute, and that's one thing we did learn from COVID. What is our kids being taught? Wait a minute, what's going on here on this Zoom clap? What do they say? And parents got riled up. You don't think this happened by accident. The Lord's saying, wake up. This is what's going on. Put a stop to it in Jesus' name. Stand with me if you would, please. <clears throat> God, watch this, has redemption on his mind. Even in this hour, God still has redemption. Can you say amen? And so we're, we're quick to call down fire and judgment you know, and you'll meet those people at any, any given moment. It's, it's, all, it's all going to hell and get ready, get ready, you know, and get, you know, the rapture any minute. You know, you know God can come any minute. But you know what? We're building the church because I think there's a harvest out there. <laughs> I think there are thousands that are out there, tens and thousands of people. When things start getting really scary and, and, and people don't know how to handle things and, and they're like, how are you standing strong in this hour? That's what that building's for, partly. That's what you're there for. That's where you're there to, to be minister, men and women, to love on people, to pray. There's gonna be times where it's been, you felt it's so hard, oh, to reach someone for Jesus. Listen to me, I have been at times and places and preached the gospel where people have ran towards me and fallen on the ground and grabbed my legs and cried out, I need God. Those days are coming back. Those days are coming back. You better believe it. I, I remember standing in New Orleans with a cross, 10-foot cross. And see, when people are ready, they walk by you, they throw beer on you, they laugh at you, they mock you. You just stand there, you fish through tens and thousands of people. But it's that one that's been awakened, that one that's hit rock bottom, that one that knows this is crazy. I need God. They come to their senses. He saw me with that cross. He ran and grabbed my ankles. I said, don't worry, get up. I'm just Mr. Nobody. I said, but let me tell you about somebody. Hallelujah. Those days are coming. I always think it's like hard. Well, you know, yeah, well, maybe. And no, these days of, of, of souls coming to Christ in a dramatic way are coming. And we need to be ready. You need to be ready. Hallelujah. Every head bowed, please, this morning. That's what harvest is about in this season. We're rebuilding the altar of the Lord. You are rebuilding the altar of the Lord. That altar of praise and worship to the true and living God. That altar of preaching and teaching God's words, not just to adults, but to youth and to children. That altar of standing on God's truth, engaging prayer. Charles Spurgeon said this about prayer. He said, prayer is the slender nerve that moves the muscle of God's omnipotence. Friends, we are called to triumph with our King. But know this, it's mercy before judgment. God is looking for a harvest Church for the harvest is called in this hour, ready, willing for the harvest. You're here this morning and say, Pastor Mike, I'm not ready, I'm not right. Hey, this is, you came to a great place. Not because of me or anyone else, because of Jesus. Because of what Christ has done. And because of the word of God that's eternal. He said, Pastor, I need to get right. I'm not right with God. This is a great day. The Bible says now is the time. Today is your day. If you're willing to accept Christ, say, well, what do I need to do? You need to position your heart right now to receive God in your life. So how do I do that? Just pray a simple prayer. It's a, it's a very costly prayer, but it's free to you. 
It cost the Son of God his life, but he rose from the dead to provide this salvation. And you have an act in this, I believe. That act is receiving the truth of God's word in your life. If you say, Pastor, pray for me. Say this to me. Say, say Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sin. Jesus, today I give you my life. Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I'm a sinner. Save me. Fill me with your spirit. Thank you for saving me. This day, I give you my life. Now take it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Friend, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it, God meant it, we want to help you on your journey, help you on your journey of faith to grow you and, 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 and to see what everything that God has for you all. God bless you. You may be seated. I'd like to.